You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Mosaic, a congregation of the Grace DC Network in Northeast DC. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org. In various spheres, whether it's politics or education or even in church, there is a very intense emphasis or focus on leadership. Many of you have been raised to prioritize leadership. Many of you have aspired to be leaders. It's something that we put in the ears of our children. You got to be a leader. It's, it's become something very important in our culture, leadership. And it's no wonder why faith is so difficult for so many in these days, because faith is all about following. It's, it's a reality that many of us want to be leaders, or we are leaders right now, but when we look at our ability to follow, we find a deficit in our lives. Following has fallen on hard times in this leadership-oriented culture. And the only thing that we want to follow these days are our dreams or our hearts, which is terrible advice. But if we're looking for a way out, which is the entire theme of this series that we've been working through in the book of Exodus. Exodus is a word that's, that's a compound word in Greek that simply means way out. The way out of what? The way out of everything that has, that has resulted from the fall and the entrance of sin into the world. If you're looking for a way out of your despair, if you're looking for a way out of your loneliness, if you're looking for a way out of your sense of worthlessness, your fatigue, your exhaustion, the things that are really hampering your life, if you're looking for a way out, then you must become a follower. You must become a follower. If you want to be truly free, then you must learn to follow the Lord. I'm not going to hold you long this morning because, like I said, we have a shortened service. But I want to lock in on this one thing from this very short little snippet of passage out of Exodus 13. We're going to consider what it looks like to be led by God, what it looks like to follow God and to examine the road. Now, last week, we noticed that the first thing that God does after the 10th plague falls on Egypt and the people are about to go free, before they begin to walk out of Egypt, the Lord gives them an institution that is all about establishing their identity. Before they get out into the desert, before they face the challenges and struggles that they would face ahead on their way to the promised land, the Lord wants them to identify as a people that has been bought with a price. He wants them to identify as beloved of God. He wants them to identify as deeply valued by God. They must know who they are and it's only the I am who can tell us who we are. That's what we talked about last week. But right after he gives them this institution to help them to know who they are, the very next thing that God gives them as foundational for their existence, another massive idea involves following the Lord. And it seems simple enough, right? Follow. Pretty easy, but it actually turns out it's not that easy, is it? What about, 
What about those times where my GPS is different from God's GPS? What about those times where I see God's route and it doesn't make sense to me? What about those times where God's route leaves me in confusion? What about those times where we say, you know, I wouldn't have quite done it that way, God. Have you ever found yourself backseat driving, God? Uh, no, God, brakes, brakes. God, get into this lane. God, take this exit. Isn't that silly? But that's how we struggle. We struggle to follow. We struggle to follow God. And this comes out in a very, a very, um, you would just read over it in verse 17. If you look at verse 17, it says, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. Now, the narrator is giving us a little hint here. The narrator is telling us that there was an easy road. It was called the Via Maris. It was a, it was a road from Egypt to Canaan. It was a direct shot. It was the, uh, it was the turnpike. It was the toll road. Now, there were Philistines on the way, but God could have handled them just like he handled Egypt. This was the straight and easy route. But the route that God takes them goes in the exact opposite direction of where, they, where they're going to ultimately wind up. They need to go north, but God takes them south. And in retrospect, they're going to be able to see God's reason for it. But at first, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense at all. But what we see is that the shortest and easiest route is not God's route. The Lord isn't leading them down the easy road. He isn't even going to lead them down the difficult road. He's going to lead them down the impossible road. He leads them down the impossible road. This road brings them to the Red Sea. You notice that in the text, right? The Red Sea is the impossible road. The impossible road doesn't just stop at the Red Sea. It cuts through the Red Sea. Think about that. He leads them down a road that will seem like a dead end. He leads them down a road that doesn't seem to make any sense to them. There is a perfectly good road here, God. You know, a perfectly good road here, God, would be for my marriage to be like this. A perfectly good road, God, would be for me to be married right now, God. A perfectly good road would be for me to be making this amount of money now, God. A perfectly good road, God, 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 the perfectly good road. I see it so clearly, God. The easy road. Lord, I'll take the difficult road, but the impossible road. Mm -mm. Do you find yourself in that place like me? We resist it. There's a perfectly good road, it appears to us. But that's not where the Lord wants to lead them. And I want you to know this morning that God has given you a paradigm. He's giving us a paradigm for his way with his people. There is an easy road when it comes to spirituality. You just make it up. You do what feels right. You do what makes sense to you. And you don't do what doesn't make sense to you. Because after all, you couldn't possibly be mistaken, right? There's an easy road called antinomianism. It's lawlessness. Oh, grace. Glad we got that settled. Now I'll get on my merry way. 
There's an easy road where you just pick a little bit of this that you like and a little bit of that that you like. And at any point where God wants to cut against the grain of your sensibilities, you dispense with it. It's typically called the, um, the, um, the buffet spirituality. You walk by, mmm, egg rolls. Broccoli, I'll pass, right? You pick what you like, you leave what you don't. That's the easy road. But that also sounds like this, by the way, I'm going to do me. Genesis 3 shows you the outcome of that mentality. That's what doing me does. It winds up in your, your ruin and your destruction. I'm going to do me. All right, that's the easy road. But here's the deal. The Lord doesn't take us down this road because it loops back around to Egypt. The easy road loops right back around to Egypt. He doesn't get, get, get us going down the easy road. But the Lord doesn't even take us down the difficult road. You know what the difficult road is? Moralism. Moralism is a difficult road. Choosing your moral input to get your predictable outcome. It's an attempt to control things through your religious performance. You figure this. If I'm a good boy or girl, then God will do right by me. And so we think that if it's a quid pro quo. If I give God this, then God must give me that. We think we can put God in our debt and that God will owe us a nice life with all of these, these amenities that we want. And when we think we are keeping up our end of the deal and God is not keeping up his end of the deal, well, then, then we start to get cynical. We start to get jaded and we start to get frustrated. And we start to think this whole spirituality thing is it's for the birds. It's not working for me. If you're in it because you think it's going to work for you, then you don't want what it's really about. It's just a religious way of serving yourself. If, you are, if you're tempted to give up on Christianity because it's not giving you the output that you think you want, then you don't want God. And that's what it's all about. You don't want God. You just want to use God to get what you want, what you really want, what your heart is really set on. There's a difficult road, y'all. There's an easy road that God doesn't take us down because that road loops back to Egypt. And he doesn't take us down the difficult road. Why? Because that road loops back to Egypt. There's one road that he takes us down. It's the impossible road. And that's the road of the gospel. This road will bring you to the end of yourself. This road will bring you to the end of your resources. This road reveals our complete inability to control things or manage experiences. This road reveals our weakness, our foolishness, our helplessness. But it reveals the Lord's power and wisdom and majesty. The impossible road leads through death, but it leads to life. The impossible road passes through despair, but it winds up at hope fulfilled. The easy road and the difficult road both loop back to Egypt because they're simply ways of us taking our lives into our own hands. The easy road is a way for you to take your life into your own hands. But here's the surprising thing. So is the difficult road of moralism. It's just trying to take your life into your own hands through religious performance. 
The, the reason why the impossible road alone leads to life because it's the only road in which you're putting your life in God's hands. Now, next week, we're going we're gonna to follow into chapter 14, and we're going to examine the people with the sea behind them and Egypt in front of them and not knowing what they're going to do. This is where God's road leads, and God has something to show them, something to work into them, something to, to pour out on them as he walks them down this impossible road. On the impossible road, God shows his people that he doesn't need a pathway because he's a way maker. He doesn't need a pathway. He doesn't need the via maris. He's going to cut through the mar, which is the Greek word for sea. Okay? He don't need your pathway, y'all. He don't need my pathway. He doesn't need your prescriptions for what's best for your life or what will make it okay. You are not a good chemist when it comes to the, the cocktail of your life. You're not good at it. And neither am I. That's why we need a savior. That's why we need a savior. God can cut a path where there was no path before. And this is precisely what he does in the gospel. You see that, right? The son of God took the impossible road through a virgin's womb, through a cross, and through a tomb in order to rescue us. And when we look to Jesus doing these things for our salvation, and he says to us, follow me. When he says, follow me, and you're really following him, you will find yourself on an impossible road too. You'll be staring at impossible things that don't seem to make sense to you. They don't fit your metrics or your measurements. It's not the way you would have planned it. And you ought to give God thanks for that. Because if it were the way that we planned it, it would turn out in utter destruction. It would be ruin. It would be a catastrophe. And at the bottom of it, at the very end of it, the question is, do you trust in the goodness of God? Do you trust God as a loving father? I always love that line. It's a constant rebuke to me. Because I love these little rascals sitting in this bench over here. I love them so much. And there is nothing in my mind that I would not do for their good. There is nothing I wouldn't give up. There's no cost I would not be willing to pay for their well-being. And Jesus says, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts, if you who are evil know how to care for your children, you know how to love your children and pursue their good, then how much more does the Heavenly Father do the same for his children. Will you simply trust him on the road? I know your timing. He's, he's great in you on the timing of it. It's not, it's not going the way you want it to go right now. But he loves you. And it's impossible for him to do anything but good to you. It's not possible. It's not in his repertoire. He's all good all the time. What we see in this text, y'all, this is very significant, is that God's people aren't following a path at all. There was a path, but they're not following a path. They're not following a particular path. They're following a particular Savior. There's a way of following a religious path that does not have God in it. That's the difficult road again. To have the rules, to have the pathway abstracted from the person is to not have life. That's not life. 
They are following a person. And now, on this side of the cross, we see that God's way, his way out, is Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way. Don't look for some spiritual pathway. Don't look for principles. Look for the person of Christ. Recognize that the person of Christ is looking for you. Principles did not come to bear away your sins. Principles did not come to take away your guilt and your shame. Principles cannot do for you what Jesus has done. And so we follow a person. We follow a person. He is the way out. The pathway to freedom in this text is not following principles. It's following the Lord. He is shade. He's the pillar of cloud. He is shade and comfort in the heat of the day that they can follow. And he is a pillar of fire, light in the darkness, warmth in the cool of the evening. It is by his light they can see and they can follow and continue on their way out. He's a barrier of protection we're going to see. He himself is present with his people and does not depart from before us. Listen, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this. Come vacation time, my kids don't need to know the directions to the beach. Come vacation time, my kids don't need to know the, the, the directions to the beach. And if they tried to make their way to that destination by themselves, they'd never get out of D.C. They'd be circling the neighborhood, lost as a ball in high weeds. They would not be able to get there on their own. But here's the deal. They don't need to know how to get to the beach. All they got to do is follow me. And they can get anywhere in this world. I can get them to China. I can get them to Thailand. I can get them to Antarctica. They don't need to know all of the specifics. They don't need the Google map detail by detail, play by play. And you don't need to know that either. God can get you to the promised land. He can land you safe on Canaan's side. He can get you to that glory land. You don't need to know the directions. You don't need to try and carve out a path on your own. Because guess what? You will be as hopelessly lost carving your own path as my kids trying to get to the beach. Probably more lost. But you don't need to know how to get there. All you need to do is follow your father. And when we learn how to follow, guess what? Then we'll be the best kinds of leaders. Then we'll be the best kinds of leaders. Many of you are in leadership positions. And the, and the way you become a healthy leader is by being a healthy follower. But here's the thing I want you to leave with today. What, Im what impossibility are you looking at today? What seems impossible to you? What roads are before you today? And are you going to take the easy road, which is take it into your own hands and do whatever you want to do? Are you going to take the difficult road and, and try to manipulate God into giving you blessings and, and, and blessing your, your plans for your life? Or are you going to put your life in his hands? Are you, going to, are you going to go the impossible road and trust him on that road? That that road is going to result in in imaginable, in unimaginable glory. That you won't be able to calculate all the good that's going to come to you by walking that impossible road that requires resurrection 
and death to self. Let's trust the Lord on the impossible road, knowing that he is a way-making God who will lead us home. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Grace Mosaic. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org.